you know, this is really a kicking in to you uh, to realize this. As I said last week, and we're trying to get to the point, amen, about a better love. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that a man will lay down his life for his friend. Amen. You know, and that's what I have been trying to get us to see because... I, we misconstrued love and what love really is. Amen. And that's the way the world has embodied our minds from the onset to try to make us think it's something that it isn't. And we've gave in to that trap. And that's why we have so many issues because love is God. God is love. And once we understand that, then we can have a better relationship with one another. Uh, our marriages should be it should be sealed. It should be solid. It should be rooted and grounded. And this is what God wants. And that's why when you look at Scripture from the beginning, you know when God made Adam and Eve, they became one flesh. And when you get married, you're supposed to become one flesh. And you know I, I just you know I look back over my life and I wished I had known what I know now. I really do. You know, and uh, so, but, uh, but you know, thank God for the opportunity to get it right. You know, any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away and all be, things become new. And we was talking about love last week and we have to live love. Love has got to be lived out in our lives. Christ must be in us. Amen. People must be able to see Christ. We must... Uh, portray him in every area of our lives. The Bible says, you know, in Psalms 113, who is like the Lord our God who, uh, you know, humbled himself to behold the things in heaven and in earth. And, you know, and then Paul comes right out with that same scripture in Philippians 2, 5 says, you know, well, you know, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who thought it not robbery to be equal with God, and took of him the form of a servant, and became obedient to death, and where God has highly exalted him, and given him a name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, and every tongue should confess of the things in heaven and in earth. So we, we got to live what we say we are. You know, we, we just can't be, you know, saying I'm a Christian. You know, it's, it's got to be seen in our actions and our ethics and our manners and everything that we do as a, as a child of God. Jesus says, let your light shine so that men can see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Amen. And so we want to live this thing out. Amen. And as we saw last week, you know, the commandments, as we were just saying this song, the commandments of the Lord are pure and they enlighten the eye. They open your eyes. Amen. When you uh, get into God's word, the psalmist says, open down mine eyes that I may behold the wonders out of thy law. See, everything we have need of is in the Word of God. And so we want to get into the Word of God and we want to apply the Word of God. As James says, don't just be a hearer, but you want to be a doer of God's Word. And you want God's Word to be being revealed in you. And so that's what God's love, this is why we have to uh, begin to, to just let God be seen. And all that we do. So tonight we want to talk from number two, point two. Amen. Opportunity. Opportunity. Galatians chapter five, if you have your Bibles. Amen. Galatians chapter five. 
excuse me, um, chapter 6, excuse me, not chapter 5, but chapter 6, verse um, 9 and 10. Amen. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. The Bible tells us, let us not be weary and well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not, verse 10. As we have therefore, what? Opportunity. Opportunity. You know, opportunity. Let us do good to all people. Now, some of this is not on your notes, so you're going to have to take some notes. I'm sorry. You should know that by now. I'm not going to give you everything. <laughs> We're going to get into the Word of God. Amen. I'll give you some space on it to write. Amen. So as we have, therefore, opportunity, amen, unity and port and ops and everything else, you know, to got one you, you got one I in there, you know, so that's you. As you have, therefore, opportunity, let us do good, especially, amen, to all men, especially to them of the household of faith. Amen. So, we, we saw last week at, at the end, as we was closing out, we saw that if, if we don't have faith without love is dead. We saw that faith without compassion is dead. We saw that faith without kindness is dead. And we saw that faith without Jesus is dead because Jesus is both faith and love, right? So we saw that at the end last week. So now love seeks opportunities. Love looks for opportunities to do good to all men, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Amen. The people in the church should never be overlooked because they're your family. That's why Paul says in Ephesians 3 that the whole family in heaven and earth is named by the name of Jesus Christ. So when you are baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen, for the remission of your sins, amen, you become part of the family of God. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female, for you're all one. There's neither black, white, brown, Jew, Greek, uh, whatever. You're all one. You're in the family of God. And so therefore, we're supposed to do good to one another in the house of God. Okay? It does you no good to to talk about me behind my back. You're just talking about your family. (laughs) You know, I know sometimes I listen to people talk about their family, you know, and they beat them up like, whoa, I'm going, wow. Thank God my family wasn't that bad. <laughs> you know, but, but as a family of God, amen, all of us should be bond together. Because what? Love is the perfection. It is the perfectness. It brings, it's kind of like the glue that holds everything together. And that's what God is. is he, he puts us together and He he seals us together in Him. And, you know, that's why Paul writing to the church in Corinth, he says, the eye can't say I don't have need of the ear, and the hand can't say I don't need the feet, or whatever. You know, all the parts and the members are joined together in the one body. Amen. And so we have to have love one for the other, and we have to seek opportunities to do good. And God gives us many opportunities to do good. Amen. As we sow the Word of God, it does me no good to go out to tell you you need to be saved, and then I don't show you love. You know, when you come into the family, I cast you to the side. You know, why did I bring you into the family of God for you? Why do you, you want to be in my family if I'm going to treat you like a dog and kick you all around the house? You know, 
you know, that doesn't pass the common sense test. See, we have to show forth God's love and all that we do. Amen. Every opportunity to love. Amen. True love is the rule. Amen. Do unto others as you would have them to do unto you is the golden rule. Amen. So we have the opportunity to do good. Amen. We must do it. It's an obligation. Jesus says in Luke chapter 7, he says, when you have done all those things that are commanded at you, say that we are unprofitable servants. But we have did that, which was what? Our duty. See, we have a duty to do good to people. Because why? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness. Amen. If faith, meekness, temperance against such, there's no law, right? So we are supposed to be seeking opportunities. Go ye therefore and preach the gospel to every creature. See, so you're looking for every opportunity that you can find to do good to somebody. Amen. This is what you want to do. Jesus, the Bible says, he went everywhere. What? Doing good. And if I'm going to say I'm a Christian, then I have to live like he lived. So I got to go everywhere when I go somewhere, whether I'm flying, whether I'm stopping at quick trip, if I'm driving, you know, I need to do good. Amen. I need to get in the habit of speaking to people. I need to get in the habit of saying good morning. You know, that's what I like about being stationed in Germany, you know, and you live on the economy or Japan, you live out in the, in, in the neighborhoods, you know, they used to tell us the military, you need to get out in the neighborhoods, you need to get out in the area. You know, no matter if I was out at three o'clock in the morning and Okinawa walking, exercising, there would be some elderly folks out there, there are always somebody out there, and they always spoke to you. Ohio gazimas, you know. You know, you know, that means good morning. You know, then they'd come back, and I'd say, Ohio. And then they'd say, Ginky Deska, you know, how are you doing? You know, and so I'd respond, Ginky Desk. You know, you, you just, you, that was just custom. You know, in Germany, I'd be one, it's good morning. Good morning. Wie geht's Ihnen? Good, I see. You know, who are? You know, how you doing? You feeling good? Yes. Yeah. And that should be our attitude when we're out and about. You know, you don't know who you're speaking to. What does the Bible tell us in Hebrews 13:1? Let brotherly love continue and be not forgetful to entertain strangers, whereby some have entertained angels unaware. Amen. You know, and so we don't know when I when I get out of my car in the Walmart parking lot or when I'm walking around in Walmart, you know. I, I try to speak to everybody. I try to say, hey, how you doing? I give somebody a smile or something because I never know how people feel it, you know. And so we have these opportunities to do good. Amen. And I feel good about myself when I do that. You know, and so that's what we should be doing, seizing these opportunities. And 1 John chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4, 
verse 20 and 21, John says, If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he's a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him that he who loveth God love his brother also. Amen. See, so we got to realize, anybody seen God? But we say we love him, don't we? So notice what John is trying to get you to see here. He says, now you sitting right here looking at me, <laughs> and you don't love me? Yeah. But yet you don't see God, and you say, I love him. Are you going to love something you can't see? You know, it's basically what he's saying. Because, see, the commandment from him, from God, was love your neighbor as yourself. See? By this shall all men know you are my disciples, not because you love me, God says, but because you have love one to the other. See? Because... If I love you, then I'm going to reflect that I love him too, because I'm fulfilling his commandment. So the opportunities are there for us. Amen. There's so many things that we can do. John goes on in 1 John chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. John chapter, 1 John chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. He says, but whoso have this world's good, and see his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Notice what he's saying here. He says, if you have it and you see your brother have need, if you lock it up, he says, what good is that? It's kind of like what James says here. He says, you know, if you just send your brother away and you tell him be warm, be full, and all this stuff, and you don't give him the things he needs, he says, what good is that? You haven't helped him at all. See, our mindset has got to change. God doesn't think like the world. He doesn't think like we think. That's why when, when the school basket of bringing the perishable foods, that's an opportunity to do good. Giving the missions is an opportunity to do good. Him things, all these things, working with children, uh, you know, being involved in the things of God are opportunities to do good. You know, you're, you're looking for those door openers. You know, the Bible says, I have set before you an open door. See, so when opportunities to me are an open door for you to walk through and do something good to impact somebody else's life. And this is what we're looking for. Visiting the sick and shut-in. You know, just going by the nursing homes and, you know, just maybe, you know, encouraging somebody. Pushing somebody to lunch or whatever, you know. Sing a song or pray with somebody. You know, all those are opportunities. You don't know who is going to impact, you know, by your kindness and love as you walk into these places and, and begin to share. Or just to, to listen, to sit and listen to someone pour their heart out to you. 
You know, these are opportunities that you have and, and more today than probably ever before in life. Because people are all got all kinds of issues and situations and they're looking for someone to, to talk to and the world is trying to figure it all out. You know, and we've got the answer. The world don't want to hear the answer, but we've got it. You know, and if, if one can reach one, you know, I might can't go out there and, and pull everybody in, but if I can pull one out, as Jude says in his, in his writing, on some have compassion, make a difference, other pulling them out of the fire, hating either their garments, spotted by the flesh. If I can get one person out, you know, at least that's one that is still not out there. So we have to seize these opportunities. Opportunities to do good, especially to those of the household of faith, to be able to share with our families and our loved ones that may not be saved, you know, uh, to, to show forth the love, the whole, hold the truth, uh, as Paul says, solid, be solid in your, in, in your walk with God. You don't have to compromise truth to show forth opportunity to do good. Okay, don't think you have to. You know, sometimes people think, well, I got to compromise, you know, to, to get them. No, if anything, your family need to see you being solid. See, because as soon as you compromise, you know what's going through their mind? They don't believe what they're teaching and believe. See, you have to be strong. You have to stand firm, amen, to the truth of God's word. And as a result, let them realize that, hey, you do have the truth, amen. It's hard sometimes, believe me, you know, but the cause is always greater than the casualty. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Love vindicates. Love vindicates. Amen. God's love will vindicate. Amen. It clears. It, it gets blame out of the way. Amen. It doesn't find fault. It doesn't look for fault. Amen. Your, your job is to bring people into a solid relationship by your love where God can vindicate and wipe their slate clean. You know, it's, it's kind of like I, I think I put in a morning manner the other morning. I, as a kid, I used to love to take the erasers out and, and dust them out, you know, because the teacher would have me clean the blackboard, you know, and I'd get all the stuff off of it. And then she'd let me go outside and beat the the erasers and get rid of all the mess, you know, that was on them and bring them back in to be nice and clean. I used to love to do that. That to me, that's like what Jesus does when people come to him, you know. They repent. He just takes his eraser and goes, you know, and he walks outside and takes it and dusts it off, you know. That's, how they, that's what they used to do in the old days with the ashes, right? They took them outside and got rid of them, right? See, that's what it is. It was a type and shadow of, of erasing your sins and taking them to the outside and getting rid of them. So that's what God wants to do. He, he vindicates. In John chapter 8, we know the story of the woman caught in adultery. Amen. And notice what it says here. Jesus uh, 8 verse 1 through 11. It says, Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again to the temple. And all the people came unto him and sat down, and he taught them. Amen. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in his midst, they said unto him, Master, this woman was taken into adultery in the very act. Now Moses and the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what says thou? 
This they said, tempting him, that he might have to, they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down with his finger wrote on the ground, as though he heard him not. So when they continued asking him, he looked up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the elders even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where is those thine accusers? Have no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Amen. Vindication. Because he knew what his word says. They said we caught her in the very act. Okay? You know, and so and as a result, under the law... It says that the man and the woman was to be stoned. Now, you know, I have speculated in that. You know, did he write where the guy's name on the ground? <laughs> you know, was he writing the guy's name on the ground? Where is he at? You know, because that's what the law said. They both must be stoned. And they only brought her. Well, you caught her, caught her in the very act. Then why didn't you bring the guy along with him? And I think maybe if they, the guy would have been there, then... Uh, they might have been put to death, you know. So, but Jesus noticed, you know, he vindicated her. You know, he says, if any man condemn you, she says, no, Lord. He says, neither do I go and sin no more. See, he wiped that slate clean. He gave her another chance. And that's a, a, to show you and I that God does that for us, you know. You know, if, 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 as the Psalms just said, Lord, if you would, what, judge iniquity, who could stand? But there is, what, forgiveness with you that you must be, might be feared. In other words, you, God forgives us so we will reverence him. Amen. You know, we needed a Savior. And so he wipes that slate clean. He gives us all another chance, amen, to be able to get it right. We know the story with David and Bathsheba. In 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 13, And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord has also put away thy sin, thou shalt not die. You know, notice. And as a result of that, his slate was wiped clean. Amen. And that's what God does. For God what? So loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believing in him should not perish but have eternal life. See, so this is what the gospel is all about, is vindication. See, that's what it's all about. He, God's love vindicates. You know, he dies so that we can live. That's why the gospel is so important to you and I to go out and share the good news with people. Amen. Because some people think they have did stuff so bad it can never be forgiven. You know, they don't think they can ever get it right. But that's what God's love is. Amen. As Jesus says, God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. Amen. See, and that's, I believe, the reason he didn't have her killed. You know, he came to save. That's why he had been teaching. The Son of Man came to seek and to save. So if he had let her be dead, then they could turn right around and say, wait a minute, I thought you told us you come to save the people. 
You know, and that's what it is. You know, that's why Jesus says, you know, I, you know, if they don't believe me, the words that I speak now, they're going to judge you in the last day. See, he gives everybody that opportunity. That's why Peter says in Second Peter 3, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, but what? He's long-suffering towards us, not willing that what? Any should perish, but that all should come what? To repentance. See, and he, and he goes on and he tells us that since we know that this world is going to pass away, what manner of persons ought we to be in all godliness and holy conversation looking for the hastening and the coming of the Lord? Amen. So God, he, he wants us to, to be right. He wants us to live right. And so we have this gospel truth of the message to go out into the, all the world and to teach this truth so that people can come into the knowledge of the truth and so they can feel the same love that you and I feel for God and for others. Amen. Some of the best you know, people, soul winners, uh, you talk to some of them, man, is guys that's been on skid row and, you know, have had rough lives, you know, but God's loving kindness and tender mercies drew them, and he drew me, and he drew you. Amen. You know, David says this way, you know, he took me out of what? The mighty clay, and he set my feet upon a rock, and he established my going. Amen. And this is what God does for us. Praise God. So he vindicates us. Romans 5, 7, and 8 says, For scarcely for a righteous man would one die, yet preventure by chance a good man would some even dare to die. But God commended his love or commanded his love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Jesus died for us. That shows his love to forgive us, to wipe the slate clean. It's what God desires. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. And Matthew 12, verse 29 through 32. Matthew chapter 12, verse 29 through 32. Jesus says, Or else, how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man, and then... He will spoil his house. He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. Wherefore I say to you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men. See? Notice, God says, all of it can be forgiven. You just got to come to yourself. <laughs> People just got to come to themselves. Because he so loved the world. See? They've got to come to themselves. Amen. And like, kind of like the prodigal son. Go home. Amen. All manner of sins and blasphemies shall be forgiven to men. But the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. And whosoever speaketh the word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speak against the Holy Ghost, it should not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither the world to come. So you don't speak against the Holy Ghost. Amen. God, you know, is, he's in operation. You know, if people say, oh, that ain't true, that ain't right, you know, I don't believe that, I never received that, that's a lie and all that, you know. 
That's blaspheming against the Holy Ghost. See? Because they will never come to the knowledge of themselves. And what Paul says, that God would even give, you know, give you a strong delusion that you believe a lie. Solomon says in Proverbs 29.1, He that be an often reproved, harden his neck, shall be destroyed. And that would, there's no hope without remedy, Solomon says. See? So you don't want to blaspheme the Holy Ghost. All of the sins, you know, you, you can be forgiven. You can murder somebody and be forgiven. You know? You can, you know, do all kinds of foolishness and God will forgive you. See? But if you blaspheme the Holy Ghost, he says, it ain't happening. See? So, you know, so people can't get too far away unless they get out there on something craziness and doing some foolishness, okay? So remember that, amen. Gill's commentary puts it this way, amen. Not because the Holy Ghost is greater than Christ or, or, or for what of want of efficiency in the blood of Christ or because God cannot pardon it, but because such person willfully, maliciously, and obstinately opposes the Spirit of God. See, they're, they're willfully doing it. That's why, why the writer of Hebrews 10 says, if you sin what? Willfully, after you have the knowledge of the truth, there remain no sacrifices for sin. If you know what you're doing is wrong when you've got the Holy Ghost, or come into a revelation with God, come on. Turn the light bulb on. <laughs> And I'm past the common sense test. You know, to keep doing wrong when you know to do what is right, somewhere you got to stop. You know, you can't do wrong and expect God rewards you good for it. That don't happen. That's not God. See? Because the Holy Ghost is what? Goodness. The fruit of the Spirit is goodness. See? We have to learn to love the way He loves. Amen. And this is what God is trying to show us. We can we sin willfully. Amen. Paul writes to the church at Thessalonica in Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse nine through thirteen. He says, Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs of lying wonders, with all deceivableness and unrighteousness, and him that perish because they receive what? Not the love of the truth. That they might be saved. See? The love of God so they can be saved. That's why Jesus said, no man can come to the Father but by me. The truth is what saves us. Jesus is the truth. When you hear all these things, you know, words we use that Jesus is. You know, we start from A to Z, right? We go, he's the Almighty, he's the bread of life, he's the comfort, he's the door, he's the everlasting life, all these things, right? See, and we know that neither is there salvation without any other. You know, he is the way, he's the truth, he's the light. See, so if they reject the truth, they're rejecting what? The word. If they reject the word, they're rejecting the Father. If they reject the Father, they're rejecting the Holy Ghost. See, and you ain't going to be saved without the truth. You're not going to be saved without the word. You're not going to be saved without God. You're not going to be saved without Jesus because they're all one. I think you got it, right? <laughs> See? 
So love vindicates. That's what God desires nothing. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ has made us free from the law of sin and death. For what the law cannot do, and it was weak through the flesh, God sent His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, condemned sin in the flesh, that we might be the righteousness of God, who walks not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Amen. He vindicates. He wipes that slate clean. That's what love does. That's why when you, when you get rooted and grounded in God's love, it's easy to forgive people. See? It's easy not to get angry at the guy that cuts you off when you're driving down the road. Because you're rooted and grounded in his love. Amen. He just waves, says, have a nice day. God touches heart. Touch you. <laughs> I know, it takes a while sometimes. <laughs> Amen. It, it, it'll grow, believe me, believe me. The seed is going to take root. You just hang in there. I guarantee you it's going to blossom like a tree. You know, and you're going to realize, and you'll look back one of these days and go, man, God has been so, so good. How did I even get through all of that? <laughs> you know. But that's what happens as you hide the word of God in your heart and as you become a doers of God's words. Amen. God's love exalts. God's love exalts. God's love exalts. David says in Psalms 91, verse 14 through 16. Psalms 91, verse 14 through 16. Because he has set his love upon me, God says, therefore will I, what? Deliver him. I will set him on high. How high do you want to be? Think about it. I will set him on high. Why? Because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. What a promise. Oh, because why? You set your love upon God. He says, I love God. I want to serve God with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. Amen. I want to do right. And I set my love upon him and towards him. He set his love towards me. Kind of like Solomon says in the songs of Solomon, where is my beloved? Amen. And you know the song we sing, I come to the garden along while the dew is still on the roses and the voice I hear falling on my ear. The sons of God discloses and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his all and what? And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has never known. Amen. He speaks in the sound of his voice. It's so sweet that the birds hush is singing and the melody that he gave to me within my heart is ringing. Amen. I stay by him in the garden though he bids me to go. You know, he goes on and on, right? Why? You're there for a reason. It's that love. You don't want to leave him. You get the feeling, that touch. 
you know, when you're in the early morning nautical hour of prayer and you're feeling so good, and then you realize, oh man, I got to get up and go to work. You don't want to leave. You know, it's kind of like when I was dating my wife, you know, and I'd come to lacrosse and I knew I had to leave. I knew I had to drive 12 hours to get back to Kentucky so I would be there in time for formation the next day. And I had all my time and every time I wanted to leave, I wanted to go back and hug her again and all that, you know. But, oh my, love just keeps pulling you back. And that's how it should be with Jesus. It just keeps pulling us back. He's saying, go, go, you got to go. I know you love me. Go ahead, go, go, go. But you keep wanting to come back. (laughs) Amen. See, love exalts. It edifies. It builds up. It strengthens us. Amen. And that's what we should be doing as we have, therefore, opportunity to do good. Paul says, let him that wait on exhortation. Amen. We need to edify. We need to build up as we have every opportunity to encourage somebody, to lift somebody up out of the muck and out of the mire and reach down. Amen. As Abraham Lincoln said, when you get to the mountaintop, turn around and help somebody else. Jesus has brought us out now. Amen. So therefore, we need to go back and help somebody else. Amen. What did they say? Come, man. We found him whom Moses in the law has spoke of. Jesus of Nazareth. Amen. We need to share because he wants, amen, us to share him with others. That's why he's given that. What did Jesus say? Freely you have received. Freely give. Go share it with somebody else. Seize that opportunity to your neighbors. You don't know. You never know. Amen. Where they are. You know, you don't know how much word they've already heard. That's why the Bible says, Paul says, I planted and Apollos watered, but it's God that gives the increase. We don't know. Your neighbor might be a backslidden apostolic, you know, and they just might be have been watching you leave the house and go places and, and, and just watching you. You ain't said anything to them. They might be just waiting for that opportunity for you to... Say something. Or a little child, you know, might be waiting for you to say something, to bring them into the clear understanding, you know, to be able to be that next preacher, that next missionary, that next evangelist, that next pastor's wife or husband. You never know, you know, what God has planned. But we have to seize these opportunities. We have to lift up, edify. And you see the kids sitting on the street corner, you know, that, that saddest class or whatever. You know, just say a kind word of encouragement or a smile in the shopping cart. You never know the difference it's going to make in somebody's life, you know, when you do those kind of things. John goes on in John 14, verse 21 through 26. Jesus says, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that what? Love me. Amen. Keep those commandments. Remember, the commandments of the Lord are what? Pure and light in the eye. See, as you see the word of God, he's going to give you directions. He's going to give you wisdom. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. You want to know more about God? Keep the commandments. Amen. 
show forth his love. See, don't he reveal to you, you know, more and more of who he is so that you will have clear knowledge and understanding of who God is. There would be no doubt in your mind, amen, as to who he is. He'll manifest himself to you, amen. This is, this is what he wants, but it requires relationship. It requires relationship. This is no different than being married. You spend time talking to your wife and husband, you know, you're going to know them. You have to know people. You need to know people. Amen. Know your neighbors. Get out there. Talk to them. Know the people that work in Quick Trip or whatever by their name. Look at people's name when you go into Walmart. You know, I, 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 that's the first thing I do is I look for the people's name tags. So I want to call them by their name. Everywhere I go, I, you know, I, I talk to people. I get their names. I just start talking to them, you know, because they let them know that you are watching and, and is concerned. Amen. Judas said in him, not a scared, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said to him, if a man love me, he will keep my words. And my father will love him and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. We'll take up residence in you. Amen. He says, I'll just come right inside of you. Amen. Just like he walked through the wall. <laughs> Walk right into your heart. Amen. He that loveth me not, keepeth not my sayings, and the word which he hear is not mine, but the Father which sent me. These things have I spoken in you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, which the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and brings all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have spoken unto you. And see, and this is why Paul's delicate says no in First Thessalonians five. He said the gospel didn't come in word only. It came in power. It came in the Holy Ghost. And it came with much assurance. First Thessalonians verse chapter one, verse five. See? The the Holy Ghost swept in. Look what comes with it. Power. And we talked about that power, right? Amen. I have the power. Amen. To to control me. Say, to do what is right versus doing wrong. Because I have what? Temperance. Self-control. See, all these things that comes from love, you know, peace, joy, long-suffering, all these things, is from Him. It all comes from Him. See, and this is what should be mani- being manifested in us. So when we love God, He loves you and He lifts you. That's what Peter says in 1 Peter 5, 6. He says, you humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may what? Exalt you in due time. Say, you stay humble before God, and he'll pick you up when you need to be lifted. David says in Psalms 27, 11, he says, when my father and mother forsake me, he says, God will take me up. See? As long as I'm loving God, he's going to pick me up. That's why it says... As a born-again Christian, we have no excuse to ever be down. Never. Never. Because he picks us up. You know? I remember Brother Murray Ewan sung a song, Sometimes a little boy and me want to climb up on daddy's knee when the world around me is too big. You know? But God picks us up. He just says, I love you. I think the psalmist says in Psalms 91, He that dwell in the secret place... 
of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty, and I will say of the Lord that he is my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I would trust. Surely he will deliver me from the snare of the fowler and the north and pestilence. He will cover me with his feathers, and under his wings I will trust. His truth shall be my shield and my buckler. Should not be afraid of the error by night, nor the terror that <laughs> should not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the error by day, nor the pest <laughs> that walk in darkness, nor destruction that wasted at noonday. Thousand fall at my side, and ten thousand at my right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine own eyes shall thy behold and see the reward of the wicked. Why? Because ye have set your love upon him. Amen. Come on. Amen. He'll pick you up. He'll, he'll get you right up out of that muck and mire. You know? And he told Peter when he took his eyes off of him, he says, uh, What'd you doubt? <laughs> so, what, what are you doubting for? You know, come on, get your faith act together. Get up and get your act together. Amen. Moses told the children of Israel in Deuteronomy 7 7 through 13. He says, the Lord did not set his love upon you. This is one of my favorite scriptures. I'm telling you, I I love this. You know, notice what he says. He says, God did not set his love upon you. And, you know, I like to put my name in this stuff. God did not set his love upon Rufus, nor choose Rufus, because Rufus was more in number than any other people. For you, Rufus, was the fewest of all people. But because the love loved Rufus, and because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto Rufus's fathers, have the Lord brought Rufus out with the mighty hand and redeemed Rufus out of the house of bondage from the hands of the enemy, Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Think about that. Now, therefore, that the Lord... the Therefore, now know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Wow. That's why the Bible lets us know Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He says a thousand generations. He is not going to change. He loved from the beginning. He's still going to love today. He's going to love tomorrow. Amen. To a thousand generations. And repay them that hate him to their face. To destroy them. He will not be slack to him that hate him. He will repay him to his face. Thou shalt therefore keep the commandments and the statutes and the judgments which I command thee this day to do them. Wherefore, it shall come to pass, if you hearken to these judgments and keep them and do them, that the Lord thy God will keep unto thee the covenant and the mercy which he swore unto thy fathers, and he will love thee and bless thee and multiply thee. He will also bless the fruit of thy womb and the fruit of thy land and the corn and the, the wine and thine oil and the increase of thy cattle or kind and the flocks of thy sheep in the land which he swore unto thy fathers to give thee. What a promise! All because he loves you and if you love him. That's why David says, I've been young 
And I'm, oh, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seeds begging bread. Never. God loves you. He cares for you. And all he says is, just obey my word. Do what I'm telling you to do. As he told Joshua in Joshua 1, he says, you will have good success. And that's why David would write, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in the law that he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree which is planted by the rivers of water that shall bring forth his fruit and his season, and his leaves shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Amen. God wants you to prosper and be what, as John said, a good health. Amen. He loves you so much. There's a better love than what we can ever fathom. It's God's love. Amen. And David goes on and tells Solomon in 1 Chronicles 28 and verse 9. 1 Chronicles 28, verse 9. David tells his son Solomon as David is going off the scene. He says, And Solomon, my son, know thou the God of thy father, and serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searcheth all hearts and understandeth all the imaginations of the thoughts. If thou seek him, he will be found of thee. But if thou forsake him, Solomon, he will cast you away forever. Oh, my, my, my. I don't want him to cast me away forever. Amen. Eternity is a long time. Amen. I want to make sure that I am serving him with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul, and with all my strength. Amen. I want to be controlled by the laws of love. I want to love God. I want to love my neighbor as myself. Amen. I want to continue to obey his word and live for his word. Amen. And all that I do. If we are going to experience that better love that Jesus has for us, then we must be controlled by the laws of love and move with compassion for the loss as he was. Amen. Praise God. A better love. Greater love has no man than this than a man lay down his life for a friend. Amen. Praise God. Glory. Hallelujah. Any questions on love? <laughs> Amen.